Hey, welcome to In Doubt. This week we chat with blogger, author, and speaker Tim Challies on godly productivity. What we tend to do is go straight to the practical stuff. What I think is so important and so overlooked is why should we be productive? Let's lay a proper biblical foundation for our productivity and then build on that. If I'm just trying to fix a need, you know, that, that won't stick. But if I'm really addressing a spiritual problem, God has put me on this earth for a reason. Productivity is very closely related to the very reason I exist. Hey, my name is Isaac, host of In Doubt. Hope you're all doing well as we're halfway through September already now, which is crazy. Um, Just wanted to bring up a few things before we get into today's conversation. Uh, Firstly, if you haven't yet done so, maybe you're listening to this on the radio or just randomly online, um, I'd encourage you to subscribe to our show. You know, we're on iTunes, TuneIn, Radio, Stitcher, Google Play Music, BeyondPod, etc. When you subscribe, then you stay connected, which we'd love it if you would, so it's that easy. Um, In addition to that, rating and reviewing our show on any of those mediums, especially iTunes, is a huge help. So thank you so much for doing that. Also, we have an exciting event coming up in a matter of weeks. I'm teaming up with Dr. John Newfeld from Back to the Bible Canada, which In Doubt is sort of a part of, um, to put on In Doubt's first Bible study event that will be live streamed over Facebook. We're going to be studying a few select passages from Romans. So there's going to be more information on that to come, but I wanted to let you know about it now. Anyways, I'm super excited to have the chance to chat with Tim Challies this week. Uh, Tim was on a show last year, around this time actually in the, in the fall, um, helping us consider a Christian perspective on alcohol. But now he's back to talk about a Christian perspective on productivity, so a little bit different there. Uh, as many are already aware, September is, in a sense, a time of just new things. You got school, maybe a new job, things like that. Um, godly productivity, therefore, is essential in this life. So Tim today helps us understand that importance. So here's my conversation with Tim Challies. With me today is really most popularly known as blogger, uh, author, and speaker, Tim Challies. Um, if you've listened to In Doubt for some time now, you probably know that we've actually already had a conversation uh, together with Tim. Uh, it was really on a Christian perspective on alcohol. Anyways, it's great to have you back here with us, Tim. Sure, thanks for having me. Um, now, I say that you're most popularly known as a blogger uh, because that's really how you came to be known uh, in the Christian world. If for those unfamiliar, though, do you mind just kind of sharing us the kind of quick couple sentence, like how that actually came to be? Yeah, I just started a, a website for my family, uh, hence the challies.com name of the website. And it was really just meant for my parents, my sisters, uh, to share pictures of my kids, that kind of thing. Right. And uh, started doing a little bit of writing and sharing it. For them and other people started reading it and it just kind of grew from there. I've been doing it now for, what, 15 years or something. So uh, it's kind of grown into its own thing. Yeah, no, that that's awesome. Um, and then in addition to that, um, why don't you just first just sort of let us know a bit about who you are, uh, you know, and it, for those who are unfamiliar, it's kind of neat to know that you are, uh, you know, you live in Canada, which is exciting. Uh, mm. So anyways, for those who are unfamiliar, who is Tim Challies and what kind of things do you do now, like present day? <laughs> Sure, yeah. Uh, I'm married to Eileen, so I'm a husband. I've got three children, so I'm a father. I'm an elder at Grace Fellowship Church, which is in Toronto. I myself live in Oakville, just outside of the city. And uh, the blog is what I do. That's my business or my living now, my vocation, I guess you could say. So uh, yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell. 
Yeah, and and on your blog, I mean, I'm I'm familiar with it, but I mean, you on there, you pretty much tackle, I guess, different issues that kind of come up in the church. You sometimes they're kind of more devotional blogs, sometimes they're uh, book review, movie review. You kind of do everything in a sense. <laughs> I just uh, kind of just do what's interesting to me, and trust that sure. other people find it interesting as well. I think I'm a pretty normal person, <laughs> and so if I have normal interests and something's interesting to me, I trust that it'll appeal to other people as well. So that's. Honestly, sounds a little weird, but that's kind of been the grid I've been operating on under all these years. And yeah, uh, yeah. generally, it seems to be, be um, legit. Yeah, no, that's good. That's awesome. Um, th- this conversation is all about a Christian perspective on productivity, in a sense. So, uh, Tim, you've written a book called Do More Better, A Practical Guide to Productivity. Now, there's something, obviously, about productivity that you've looked into, that you've done a little bit of research. So, this idea of productivity as well is especially relevant to many of us who are, you know, maybe in college or school or just beginning a new job this September. So, productivity in general is really essential. So, that's why this conversation, I think, is important, Uh, especially as September is like a mini January in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. a lot of new beginnings. It's more important than January as far as I see. I think it really is the time you set set things in place and set procedures in place. And uh, it's actually, we've just released a student edition of the book for that reason. Oh, perfect. That's awesome. We'll have to get the links for you from that. That's great. Um, now, now looking around, um, to, to begin this sort of topic, let me just state this fact, and I want to get your thoughts on it. Um, looking around the evangelical landscape in North America, um, there's definitely been an increase in, you know, leadership development, kind of quote-unquote, um, as a task and an effort that many Christian leaders are, are promoting in conferences and books and resources. It's just a big kind of deal. I don't know, probably in the last decade, two decades or more. Um, so before we dig more into Christian productivity, why do you think leadership development in general uh, in the church has become so prominent? And do you see this as a good thing? Yeah, I think it's a good thing. I think it gained prominence, um, perhaps really coming out of the, or even into the church growth movement, uh, which really impacted the church heavily and in many ways negatively. Um, But that was really taking principles of business, principles that were successful in businesses, and then imposing them on the church. And of course, then we started bringing bringing in leadership principles from business into the church. And I think that caused quite a lot of problems um, because there, there's a lot of things that succeed in the business world that do not succeed in church. Right. And what I think we've seen more recently then is trying to rediscover Christian leadership, that, that servant leadership, that Christ-like leadership. So I think we've seen a bit of a healthy swing now in mm-hmm. trying to recover truly Christian, truly biblical leadership. That, that's good. Thanks for sharing that. I think the reason why I bring that up is because when some people hear the word productivity, mm. sometimes they sort of tack it on to this kind of leadership development. But I just wanted to kind of make that, uh, you know, difference a little bit there. So anyways, you begin your book, Tim, with talking about a foundation. So you write that it would be, you know, tempting to move forward to other, th- other chapters that are maybe a little bit more practical. Um, but you urge the reader to read about this foundation. So what exactly is this foundation? Yeah, I think when we approach a a subject like productivity, we usually come into it because we have a felt need, right? We feel our lack of productivity, and so we want to address that. What we tend to do is go straight to the quick tips, just go straight to the practical stuff. What I think is so important and so overlooked is why should we be productive? Let's lay a proper biblical foundation for Mm -hmm. our productivity 
and then build on that. If I'm just trying to fix a need, th- that'll be easy later on to, to be overwhelmed or, you know, that, that won't stick. But if I'm really addressing a spiritual problem, God has put me on this earth for a reason. Hmm. Productivity is very closely related to the very reason I exist. Then I'm laying a foundation that will, that will allow me to create far more enduring changes. Right. No, that's good. So I guess you could say, what, what is the purpose for our productivity? Well, the purpose for productivity is the purpose for our lives, which is to do good to others and bring glory to God, right? So God has put us on this earth so we can bring glory to Him, right? All we do is supposed to be taking the the spotlight off ourselves and shining it on God. Of course, as sinful people, we accumulate treasures for ourselves. We accumulate reputation for ourselves. We we have a spotlight firmly focused on ourselves. Right. We, we become Christians, and now we take that. We say, I want to reflect everything to God. I want to give glory to God. Then how do we do that? How do we give glory to God? We do that by doing good for others. We right. stop living selfishly. We start living selflessly. Right. And so, um, yeah, that's really what our productivity is then, is glorifying God by doing what is good for other people. Yeah, no, that's, that's really good. Uh, you, you know, many of our, our listeners are Christian young adults. Um, so fr- from the study that you've done for your book, Do More Better, um, and also the experiences that you've had over the years of learning these things, I really do want to spend sort of the most, most of our time on you just kind of giving us three, uh, and I didn't know what to call them, maybe principles, maybe methods, things <laughs> that, you, that you would say are the most important um, today for young adults when it comes to productivity. So I guess, can you explain those things and then show us kind of what they look like and how, what it looks like to apply them? I think the first thing would be have a good definition of productivity. So really define it firmly in your mind. We've already talked about doing uh, good to others and glorifying God, but I like to define productivity something along these lines, using your gifts, talents, time, energy, and enthusiasm for the good of others and the glory of God. And Mm -hmm. so if you think about a definition like that, you're using your gifts, your spiritual gifts that you're given when you become a Christian. You're using your time. How can I use my time for the good of others and the glory of God? My, My talents, just those natural talents that I've always had, those things... I was born with my, my energy, right? The ebb and flow of my energy through Mm. the week, through the day. And, um, my enthusiasm, you know, God makes us enthusiastic about different things. And I think we need to identify what do I feel passionate about? What are those things that, that get me going that may not get someone else going? What, how can I take those things and use them for the good of others and the glory of God? So I think first it's that matter of coming up with a strong definition of productivity, and then just really trying to to live that out throughout life. You know, as you say that, Tim, it's interesting because, you know, you ask all these kind of questions and they're sort of personal, you know, you're kind of taking an inventory of your life and why you're doing the things that you're doing and so on. But as you say that, the only way I can really see this beginning to take, uh, you know, effect in someone's life, in my life, is to actually pause and block out a 30-minute to an hour kind of time slot and actually think through these things. Because if we think, you know, just reading this and then going on with our life, it, it's, it's not going to work unless we actually, you know, write it down and see it black and white. Right, which is why so many of our attempts to be more productive don't work. We don't take the time to really think it through. We don't take the time to make 
firm plans. We don't take the time to really think about who I am, what makes me who I am, what has God called me to do, right. how has God gifted me, how is my life different from that other person's life, and then what responsibilities does that give me? There's so many right. things. We're not generic people, so we don't have generic lives. Productivity in my life will look very, very different from your own, and often we go wrong by just adopting somebody else's system thoughtlessly or, right. or just trying to bring quick fixes into our life. So yeah. we've got to do better than that. That's good. And, you know, maybe you can answer this question too. Uh, you know, generally speaking, very, very general, uh, there's a lot of people that sort of have a type A personality and structures and methods in their life's work. It, they just, it's just more natural. But then there's a whole other kind of kind of side of people, maybe call them creatives or, or, or what have you. Um, you know, and maybe this idea of really sitting down and blocking this stuff out kind of seems either intimidating or maybe a little bit, you know, un, unauthentic in a sense. Uh, what would you say to that kind of side? Yeah, you know, I know there's that artistic temperament. I don't really understand it. So, uh, I mean, I've, I've got some artistic temperament myself, but still am very structured. Right. I, I think as you as you look around, generally the people who, who really accomplish a lot, the people who really live out their purpose, I think, in a really uh, helpful way are usually the people who put in that time to understand who they are and how they can best serve. I mean, there's something to be said for spontaneity and, and right, sometimes right. The flighty people really do succeed. But sure. I think generally for most of us, at, at least at points in life, we just need to sit down and take inventory of our lives, take inventory of ourselves. That's really good. All right. So what's the next thing you got? I think the this, the second tip would be to take advantage of tools. So um, I think when it comes to productivity, we can have a bit of a fear of tools or think that only weak people need to use tools for productivity. Um, I think tools are absolutely essential to productivity. And the way I would prove that is by saying tools are essential to everything we do right. in life. And the better our tools, the better we do at our job. So if you're mm. a surgeon... I want you to have really good tools. I want you to buy the best tools you can have and before you start cutting me open, right? I want to make sure, sure you've got a high-quality scalpel. You didn't just run out to Dollarama and get one off the rack there. You've got something really good. If you're a pastor and you're preaching sermons, I want you to have good tools, good commentaries, good dictionaries, mm. good, good tools that can help you craft your sermons. So when it comes to productivity, there's tools that are available to us Often those tools aren't the free ones. Often they aren't the cheap ones. And, and like any tool, a, a surgeon has to learn how to use sure, a scalpel, sure. right? A, a carpenter has to use to learn has, has to learn to use his tools. We have to learn to use our productivity tools to use them well, to use them properly. So to look at these things as tools that we have to master, I think is very, very helpful. No, that is helpful. And, and you know, it's interesting as you use the analogy of the surgeon, because a lot of us can look at that and see, okay, it's very physical. It's very external. Here's a body, here's a surgeon, and he has to cut the body open to do yeah. his thing. But when we think of, you know, first of all, productivity in general, okay, that's huge because there's so many different avenues. Um, so when you say that tools of productivity, are you referring to tools that will be specific to say, you know, um, your, your work or your family or your, you know, service at your church and so on? Yeah, I'm thinking especially of the tools that we use specifically for productivity, which I would say is a tool to store information, okay. a tool to store appointments or meetings and a tool to store our tasks. If right. you have those three tools, an information tool, a task tool, and a scheduling tool, you'll be in good shape, especially if you can get those three things to work nicely with one another. Those are the tools of productivity. 
Right. And I think we all know in our minds that, you know, we look at our smartphone and we can do that, obviously. Right. So there you go. There's the tool, very physical, that we can use, uh, use that. So anyways, what's your last point there? I guess the last thing would be to exercise self-discipline. You know, fruit of the Spirit, one of the, the fruits of the Spirit is self-control, right? Self-control is self-discipline. It means that I'm going to set something in place, but I'm going to do it over the long term. I'm not going to do it for a week and bail on it. This is so right. important to me. Productivity matters to me so much that I will discipline myself to do it week after week. I will discipline myself to have a little routine I start my day with to make sure I know what's going on today. I will discipline myself at the end of the week to spend some time thinking about how can I serve other people in the week ahead? How can I how can I show my love, show my delight right. in people in the week ahead? How can I do my job with excellence? And then I will put those things into my my productivity system and make sure I'm doing it. So yeah. that that discipline, we're all good at starting things, especially in September right. and January, right? right. Getting yeah. something new out the door. But to be doing it still in October, to be doing it still in February, that is much, much harder. So having self-discipline, learning self-discipline yeah. is so, so important. That, that's really good, Tim. And, you know, as, you, as you're talking, I'm, I'm thinking about um, I'm thinking of an undisciplined life, and I, I kind of feel like that sort of behavior for a lot of Christians is sort of, um, it, it hasn't really been, uh, I don't know what the word is, it hasn't really been brought to light in the church or anything, let's say that, you know, addiction to pornography, let's say, or another kind of very blatant sin that's that's been brought up, and a lot of people, you know, will get together and they'll get accountability partners and they'll, you know, fight for purity, but when it comes to the undisciplined life, there, there seems to be this sort of silent, you know, uh, epidemic when it comes to a lot of people just being undisciplined when it comes to their productivity. So I, I guess for, you know, this is September, people are in school, they're starting different things. Um, how would you first kind of uh, warn, in a sense, uh, us when it comes to that undisciplined life? Yeah, I think it goes back to some of what I said earlier, which is I just don't think undisciplined people are are often anyways are doing what the Lord calls them to do. I think there is we are supposed to live this life in a disciplined and structured way. Right. And again, it doesn't necessarily mean every single day we have to be doing that, but I just think right. in general we have to live lives that are disciplined. Now, I think what can happen is that um, we can confuse self-discipline with legalism, mm -hmm. right? Thinking that if I'm putting structure in my life that's binding me to some legalistic way right. of living. Right. I don't think that's the case. Applying self-discipline, I think, is really freeing us up. It's not binding us. It's freeing us to do what God has called us to do. I feel far more freedom within the bounds of the structure I've set up because now I know that I'm doing what God's called me to do. Now I have confidence that I'm living in a way that pleases Him. Yeah. When I'm undisciplined and unstructured, I'm wavering this way and that way. Sure. So Yeah, no, that's good. Would you recommend—I don't know if you do this yourself, but— Maybe, uh, you know, for someone that's, you know, is undisciplined right now and they really want to, you know, work towards a disciplined life of productivity, would you encourage them to sort of even find uh, someone, a, a like-minded person to sort of keep them accountable towards that? Yeah, I, I think there's good value in accountability. I think uh, what you said is important. Don't find two really chaotic people and put them together and expect <laughs> that that's really going to be helpful any more than taking a bunch of porn addicted people and putting them together sure. is going to provide really helpful accountability. So um, I think there's a 
a lot of value in finding someone who is exemplary in any area of life. Right, right. And then essentially just saying to that person, I want to be like you. How can I be like you? Yeah. Right. And we see that modeled in many ways in the New Testament where Paul's telling these churches, be like me. I've lived an exemplary life before you. You want to know what it looks like to be a pastor? Just think about me. That could be the height of arrogance or that could be true humility. Sure. And I think in the life of Paul, that was humility. So I think there's value in finding someone and saying, can I be like you? And hopefully that person is humble enough to say, yeah, you know what? God has granted me grace. He's granted me the ability mm -hmm. to do this. Let me teach you. Let me take you under my wing. Let me help you live within some structures. Let me help you uh, audit your life so we can see sure. what is your life really about? What, what will it look like to succeed at being you, at doing what God has called you specifically to do? Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, now, you know, Tim, you obviously, uh, I, I mean, I hope you have. You've, you've taken what you've written in your book, Do More Better, and you've applied it to your life, and you're, you're doing that. But obviously, like, you, you can give us many stories of, interruptions coming into your, your schedules uh, constantly. So I guess, what would you say to the, in that sense? Like, how should we think of these sort of interruptions that come where um, things that we weren't planning suddenly come up and now it's going against what we deem to be most productive? Yeah. yeah I think we have to be pretty quick to evaluate the interruptions that come into our lives. Because interruptions can come in different forms. Some of them can distract us from what we ought to be doing. Other things are what we ought to be doing. Right. right? Sometimes right. I think the Lord wants us to resist those distractions. Sometimes our business in the world is those distractions. So right. being able to evaluate them fairly quickly. And then I think there's two different personality types or different times we can respond in different ways. Uh, we can suffer from fear of man, where right. somebody wants me to do something. I, I so want to please that person that mm. I'll do whatever that person wants me to do. So now I've been distracted from the task I ought to be doing so I can please that person. I mm. might even have been distracted from what God himself has called me to do. And now I'm doing what someone else wants me to do. And I'm doing it because really I want to please that person more than I want to please God. Right. That's a problem. The other thing that can happen is, is some divine interruption comes into our life, but I'm too proud. I'm resistant to that. So now yeah. I'm suffering from pride. The first was fear of man. Now I'm into the world of pride where right, I'm resisting right. the, the very thing God's calling me to do or, or wanting me to do in that moment. I'm turning down some opportunity. So yeah. I think we need to be very sensitive in these things and maybe pray briefly, evaluate. That's good. You know, we have to say no to a lot of things in life. There's some opportunities mm. that come along, even some very good opportunities, where we need to say, that's a wonderful thing, but it's not my thing. Yeah. Huh. And yet we do have to have that sensitivity. So there's there's no hard and fast rule. Sure. We just have to prayerfully consider each one. That, that's really good. And sort of our, as our last question, sort of wrap up this conversation on productivity, um, what could you say and sort of testify from your own life, uh, from living a life now uh, for some time with, you know, really focusing on living your life productively? Um, what could you say uh, personally has been some fruits? Like, what have you seen uh, that you could sort of say to all of us to kind of encourage? Like, this is what uh, you can, in a sense, work towards. I think it would be confidence that I know what God has called me to do mm. and generally confidence that I'm doing it because there's so many things I could be distracted by. There's, again, like so many of us, all of us really, I think there's so many good things to do. And, and it's so important. It's easy to say no to the bad stuff, right? Right. right. Somebody comes along and says, help me rob a bank. It's really easy <laughs> for me to evaluate that and say, sure. no, I'm not going to help you do that. But if somebody comes and says, can you help here? Here's a great ministry you could be involved in. Here's a great position you could take. Here's a great work opportunity. These mm -hmm. are very, very good things. And I know 
personally, I'm prone to take on way too much, way more than I can do mm. well, way more than I can do um, really in a way that honors God. Sure. And so a, a strong understanding of, of what God has called me to allows me to say no to, to many things so I can focus the, the bulk of my time and attention yeah. on those very few things that I think God wants me to do and to do with excellence. So I think that's been the real joy of it. Yeah, that's really good. Um, so on a completely different note, Tim, uh, you, you've embarked on this new journey. Uh, I read about it a little while ago now on your blog, uh, and it's taking you kind of all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, now I've talked to you, you're at home, so maybe I got one of your, you know, your little times when you're actually back at home. But anyways, <laughs> can, can you tell us about this project that you're working on? Yeah, I'm working toward a church history project where I'm hoping to tell the history of Christianity through historical objects. And so what I'm doing is I'm going out to find those objects. And so I've got good leads on things, but I can't include the object in my project unless I've actually seen it and seen the context in which it it exists. And so I I just got back from a trip to Germany. I was out there looking at some historical relics, just things of historical interest or importance. And I've seen them, I know them, so now I can start telling the history of the church through them. Shortly I'll be going to some other unspecified country I can't tell you about yet. (laughs) And I'll be doing the same thing there, going through museums, going through churches and cathedrals, and just looking for specific objects that, that have importance outside themselves, historical objects that, that each one tells a story. It's right. fascinating to see these things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it might be something that was owned by someone who was important or something that's in a, a, a pivotal place in church history. So I think it's going to be a very, very interesting and exciting project. No, that's awesome. And when, when do you think that will actually be kind of released? I mean, you still have to write the whole thing too, I presume. Yeah, I, I don't expect any time <laughs> before, say, 2020. So it's okay. going to be a little while. Yeah, no, yeah. that's good. That's awesome. Anyways, thank you so much, Tim. It's, uh, it's just a privilege to be able to chat with you. So thank you. Um, if you're interested and you're listening right now and you're interested in his book, Do More Better, A Practical Guide to Productivity, uh, you can read it probably in a couple hours, very short. Um, you can pick it up on Amazon, uh, cruciformpress.com or Charlie's. Um, and it's also Charlie's.com, which Tim has obviously talked about, that you can find many just great resources, either written by Tim or suggested or recommended by him. Um, you know, and I, I also actually found some handy resources that you've included uh, on sort of your book page uh, that you can download as well. So that's pretty awesome. So I'll link those at the same time. But anyways, thanks again, Tim. It was a pleasure. Yeah, my pleasure. That was Tim Challies. Again, you can just go to challies.com and find all his material there. Um, I mentioned some free downloadable resources just a while ago in our conversation that really correspond with the book, Do More Better, written by Tim. Um, I'm going to attach those to the episode page, like I said. So if you're listening on the radio, make sure to check out our online site to take advantage of those uh, resources and also to buy his book. That'd be awesome. Uh, including, uh, actually, are the resources that we have on our site is a full transcription of the conversation if you want to go back and, and read something that he maybe said or I said or something like that. Um, just head to indoubt.ca if you live in Canada or indoubt.com if you live in the States. Now, as many of you know, we do what we do at Indoubt because we really do believe in the mission of bringing the gospel into the relevant issues of life and faith that we face every single day, uh, cultivating conversation. Now, we can't really do that unless we know the gospel. And I mean, like, really know it well. Um, so I'd encourage you this week as, you know, we're halfway through September now, we're maybe in, in a new school or a new job, or we're just kind of 
starting anew in a sense, I'd encourage you this week, even though September's busy, to set aside some time to grow in your knowledge of the gospel. Uh, Read the gospel of Mark. It's short. It's only 16 chapters. Read Romans. Read Ephesians. All of these books can be read individually under an hour, so it's not even that long. Uh, It's so important that we're grounded in the gospel. And like I said at the beginning of the show, we're going to be doing a Bible study event live streamed on Facebook in October going through some select passages from Romans. Um, If you believe in our mission, I'd also like to encourage you to uh, donate to In Doubt. Everything we do is sustained by people who believe in our mission. If this piques your interest, uh, just click the donate button at indoubt.ca if you live in Canada or indoubt.com if you live in the States. Don't forget to connect with us throughout the week. We're online with Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also write us anything at info at indoubt.ca. Well, I'm Isaac, and next week we chat with Dr. Owen Strachan on the sexual confusion today, both in the church and the world. InDoubt Ministries exist to bring a biblical perspective into the relevant issues of life and faith that young adults face every day. For more information, check out indoubt.ca if you live in Canada and indoubt.com if you live in the U.S.